let's find out from you, just on the cursory look, would you say yes, there is something to be said about quills and business or Lebanese and, 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 and business restaurants? Is there a link? Is there a link between geography and talent, business, well, I areas think... of endeavor? I think I would have, I would, the, my answer, you have said you don't want my answer. You don't want in between, you know, the in between road. And so I would go for a no. You know, I would go for a no because, yes, your beginning helps, you know, uh, where you come from. There's a little bit that comes with it, you know, so you would naturally have a few people gravitate towards it. But, you know, as a student of, empirical evidence. I'm sure if you go back and look into it, yes, there'll be a few people who, based on where they are coming from, have been able to make what they do. I'm a, I'm a typical example. Wherever I go in Ghana, people associate me with with a particular place. And interestingly, when I even went into Nigeria, it was the same thing. People will look at you and they think you're from this particular place because of something that you're doing. So, I could be like, I could become Kenneth Esibe which right. would make me an Akan. Right. And I would show the characteristic of a cool man. Fortunately, I've had cool training from Quincy Chum. You know, <laughs> I could, it's, I think it's just my color that would not let me be able to do the Lebanese things. But with my relationship with Talal and Fadi, I've learned a lot of things from them. So I, what I tend to see is that, uh, yes, there are some innate things that helps people based on where they come from. But you need other things to add together to really reach the very top. So there might be your 2% of them who, based on where they come from, get to the very top. But there's about 98% of the people who, if they don't apply the principles, will not be able to make it. So right. that's, that, that, that's my take for that. Right. So let me just drill down a, a, bit, a bit more. So for you, for that little, what you call 2%, that mm. little foundation, mm. would, you, would it be genetic or would it be socialization? I, th- I think it's, it's, it's socialization more, right. more than that. So it's, it's how you've been brought forth and where you've been brought forth from and what you see at the beginning you know right. so for the your the forebears they might have started it based on some particular need around them so because of that they started doing things in a particular way so the rest of the people coming out of, from from there then begin to take that up and you see so somebody can also come into that particular location and would be able to come and do be able to produce uh, the, the, the same stuff. So uh, really, it's 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 your socialization and how you've been brought up, the the context in which you've been brought up, how people could acquire it. Context and context. Mm. If you want your child or your son to become a boxer, just just raise him in Bukum. Mm. It would yes. give him a, a springboard to his boxing career. Fifteen minutes past the hour of seven o'clock. This is springboard your virtual university. My guest, Kenneth. Or the man they call Senior Pozo Ken be MD of Graphic Communications Group I'm hosting him tonight In the 5th edition of Leaders Digest And I'm going to get into his life The foundations of his life Already he's given us a, a glimpse of, of himself And his thinking But you know Ken was raised as an electrical engineer And he's done a, a lot in management He's studying management um, On the foundation of engineering We'll find out the link But let me give out a book to somebody who can locate a Bible verse for me As you know, that is one of our customs on the show So I'm going to give you a Bible verse, a scripture passage And so today, don't bother to give me the verse Just give me the the chapter, the the book and the chapter Of this passage on talent Since we're talking about talent today and the link to geography I'm going to give you a passage just give me the chapter the book and the chapter don't bother about the verse because there are a couple of verses okay 
And then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hare of the tribe of Judah. And I filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, to design artistic works, to work in gold, in silver, in bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Where can these five verses be found? Just give me the book and the chapter. And the person to get it first on the Facebook page of Springboard Virtual University will win yourself a, a copy of the book, The Five Talent Mentality. It's only fair that I give you that book. So it's about talent and it's about the five talent mentality. That's the book you get for being the first to post it on the wall of Springboard the Virtual University. I was laughing because somebody has already posted and people are working <laughs> like computers to be sure that they can post it and win and, and, and win the book. Okay, so it's 19 minutes past the hour of seven. This is Springboard, your virtual university and tonight my guest on the fifth edition of Leaders Digest is Ken Ashibi. And by the way, Leaders Digest is a program that brings together leaders or that brings on the show leaders from various fields of endeavor. Tries to glean the foundations, the foundational values they work with, their principles that undergird their lives and their work. And we, we're hoping at the end of this series to be able to collate the key thoughts, the key principles that drive the lives of these leaders and then be able to publish them for the benefit of our listeners as well as readers in our partner newspapers. And that is the program for this Leaders Digest series. So far, we've had four different leaders coming through, and my guest for tonight is Ken Ashibi. Ken, you were raised or trained as an electrical engineer. Many of us grew up assuming that an engineer goes to build a dam or, or, or roads or, 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 or something, mm-hmm. and then and then a doctor goes to. But we, we're finding a lot of crossover, mm. crossing over from one area of study to another and probably that should be a good thing for many people who feel that they are doing a course that will tie them down to one field and they argue with their parents about a course etc etc what's your take on the link between engineering which is the first area of study and management which is what you really do on a day by day basis do you engineer the success of your media houses or what well um, the thing about it I think for all of us is that uh, university education is universal education so basically gives you the opportunity to be able to operate in various facets of uh, life and then and when you bring it to engineering, I think one of the, the good things about engineering, which we, f- we need to find a way of letting almost anybody who goes through tertiary education and bias being very analytical. So it's one of the things that for me, engineering, electrical engineering has been able to do for me, helping me to be very analytical. And in life, it's all about what you're passionate about, you know. So what do you really want to do? And for me, I still do electrical engineering. Um, I still... And, and I'm, I'm, t- I'm your engineer who likes to go into the field. I am not your consultant type of engineer. I am your contractor type of engineer. I like working with people. So... Um, I tend to choose my clients very, and now because of graphic, you don't get the opportunity of doing that. But I find that that's my vocation. That's where I am, I am, I am at home. But thank God that he's been able to give me ability to be able to apply the principles of engineering also to management and interestingly to media management. And so I, for, you know, anybody who is coming up, once you're going to school, the only important thing is to make sure you enjoy what you're doing. But once you finish it, you should know that the world is at your, your, your beck and call. 
school. How can you apply the things that you learned in school? You know, V equals IR. How do you apply that to the things in life? It's not just about, about the books, but it's about changing your world. And how do you apply principles that you've learned in school to be able to affect what you do on a daily basis? You find people who are passionate about a particular course, almost literally wishing that it was a compulsory subject for... <laughs> do, you, do you sometimes get a feeling that engineering should have been compulsory? Yes, in, yes. I think there are few things in engineering that that should have been compulsory. Um, you know, the, 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 the whole way you are taught the subject, and the way the whole way you are, you, you are taught to be able to find solutions to problems that happen. That's a critical thing for every manager. You know, it's, it's a, it should not be as if you should have seen the problem to be able to resolve it. You should be able to, when confronted with anything in life, be able to apply the principles you've learned, your experiences, your context, to bring that to bear to what you do to be able to solve your problems. Right. You, you, you know, as an engineer, you're taught to be able to come up with solutions. You're taught to plan a lot more to be and to be able to execute better. So definitely, I'm sure definitely with my, my, with my education, I, I, w- I would wish so. But you know the interesting thing? My, the, the thing I do, I do a lot of me media management and marketing but interestingly that none of that i have learned because my second degree was in um finance my mba was in finance you know but interestingly when i stumbled into media um as a, the cto of uh, multimedia um through um william sam who saw the opening when john b was leaving and i got in here you know i apprenticeship was great you know, I had people who taught me the skills of media management and um, and marketing. And, you know, I, that's why Kwesi Chum would continue to be my mentor. You know, I still would go to him when I have challenges in what I need to do. And I think I was a good student. And I enjoyed doing it. You know, so because of that, I, I took... Um, Conscious of, of learning on the job. So it's always important that once we leave, you know, the comforts of the classroom, you don't stop learning. Life is it's a learning process. When you stop learning, you die. And it's not just about the classroom, sitting in the classroom to learn. But the, the best learning opportunities you can get is learning from your peers, is learning from your subordinates, is learning from your mentors. And, you know, you need to be able to take advantage of the mistakes others have made so that you can do better, not going through the same route. And I think that for me, generally, I've been some of the things that have shaped what I do. So though I, you know, I have a, a degree in electrical engineering and an MBA in finance, um, I really have not done restricted myself to only that. But I applied all of those things I do with you know what I get you know on a daily basis, working with my editors and graphic, working you know with a cleaner. I walk through the door who on a constant basis interacting with some of the people who walk through graphic, you know, and speaking to vendors and getting ideas from them and be able to use that to be able to do what I do best. It is 25 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock, if you just joined me. Ken Ashigbe is my guest for tonight. And he's, he's sharing some thoughts with us about his philosophy of life. And I'm getting to find out that he thinks that university education is universal education. He says, learn what you love, what you are passionate about. And he's also talking about the fact that you keep learning beyond education, beyond, beyond your formal university education. Keep learning from your peers, learning from your mentors, and then learning on the job. These are the three things he mentioned about where you should be learning. 
He's also, also talked about the fact that application is key, that what you learn, apply it on the job, apply it in the field. That's where, where the link is between engineering and management, the level of application. He's talked about the fact that if he had his own way, engineering would be a compulsory subject because of the level of analysis that is involved. And probably one thing is, that is coming through is that the engineering outlook is what is determining his hands-on approach to his management. But let's go to the, the, the foundational subject of our study in the in the in the leaders digest. What would you call the values that hold your life? What would be the three if I push you to mm. give me three values that those are Kenashibe's commandments, three values that drive your life. Select three. What would it be? Abed, before I, I go to the three, I just want to say that we are here to do God's will and to honor him and our lives and our work should glorify him. So that encapsulates everything that I do. But if pushing me to pick three, it is people, it is integrity, it is execution. Slow down. <laughs> Again. So it's people, it is integrity, and then it's execution. The only thing is I want to say flawless execution. Very important. Mm. Very important. When you, when you said people, integrity, and education, I, I love acronyms. Yeah, exactly. so I, I thought about PI. PI. Mm. PI and that, that, that word has significance yeah. for us here, mm. here on the virtual mm. university. That's, that you will not understand. But PI. Okay. And, and it's not meat PI. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so just for you listening out there, if you want to know Ken's three core values, they are PI. People, integrity, and execution. And if you may add flawless execution, flawless execution. why execute if it's not flawless? Mm. Tell me, what drove the three well I, I think interestingly um my mother you know uh, my mother will tell you that amanyo you know people you know without people there's nothing you can do everything you do it's for people it's by people and it's to glorify god and as a leader, it's the people who would be able to get you to achieve the things you, you ought to do. And they should be the inspiration behind everything you do. Because once you have them at the forefront, then you are conscious of whatever you do. You're, you, you're always asking yourself, what would the, what will be the impact of whatever I do on the people? What will be the impact of not doing the things I do also on the people? And how are you able to use the people to do what you ought to do? And when you come to integrity, you know, <laughs> um, publish, Sales will tell you that what is left when honor is lost. Once that is gone, it is, you know, I mean, there's nothing you can stand for. For your people to be able to take a bullet for you as a general, for your people to be able to take a bullet for you, they should believe in what you say. They should believe in what you do. They, they should know that you mean whatever you say, that they don't have to second guess you. They know that once he says this, he means well and he means it, that you would walk the talk, that when you even apply the, the rod, they understand that you're doing it from a point of a principle. They, they, they realize that you, you go by the, the hot stove principle, that it would burn everybody equally no matter whose hand is, is on the fire. So integrity is important, even for your customers, even for your suppliers, for all your stakeholders. They, they, they know that once you give your word, they can take it to the bank. And that's, that's critical for, for, for any leadership and any management situation because you need to find ways of gluing different 
people together to be able to do the things that you want to do, to be able to carry people along with your vision. Even selling your vision to people, they need to know that there's integrity behind it and you mean well and it means well for them. Then when it comes to execution, without execution, you know, uh, Jeff Bridges says execution is everything. And I like another one that is said by Navin Jane, where he says that success does not necessarily come from breakthrough innovation, but flawless execution. A great strategy alone won't win a game or a battle. The win comes from basic blocking and tackling. It is about execution. It's about paying attention to the very detail. It's for that reason why you realize that God worked for six days and rested only on the last day. He knew this is what he had to do. He had a big vision for the world, but then he put his hand to the wheel. So if the greatest leader of all, God himself, would execute, would play, you know, would do, would take you know, part in the details, would think about the details and put it together, there's definitely so much in execution. Even when you come to my engineering field, there are a lot of architects I've worked with, but there's one architect who you'll find out that apart from designing, he pays particular attention even to the details in such a way that at the point where he's conceiving a building, he knows exactly where the ATMs are going to be. Right. So it, it, it's, it's about execution. It's about the flawless execution and also making sure that you've put in a monitoring and evaluation system that has a feedback loop that goes back to your vision to what is happening on the ground and it's able to move and propel you to the front. Radio does not render this discussion enough justice because the hand movements have an engineering outlook (laughs) about them. (laughs) It is 30 minutes past the hour of seven. We are halfway through this discussion with Ken Ashibi about the pillars that drive his life. And if you just joined us, we're talking about people, integrity, and execution. It is obvious, Ken, that when you got to execution, that the engineer in you came alive, and then the hand drawings began, <laughs> and you were just placing the ATMs and placing everything where they belong. Uh, I'll come to the issue of faith, because you talked about God as the model for leadership. But you mentioned something that just could not I could not allow to say, but on the lighter side, I see you in your beautiful Manchester United GC. We're talking about blocks, <laughs> blocks, blocks, and tackles. Yes. So let me just ask you, mm. and just for the purpose of today, just mm. for the purpose of today. So, watching, if you did watch the the, the match between Manchester and Everton, did, did you watch it? No, I didn't. Okay, I would have asked you about blocks and tackles. Whether <laughs> whether you saw some engineering in the football, I didn't. But do you find yourself having the same outlook when you are watching a football game? Well, unfortunately, it does. It comes in anything you do. Even it comes in eating. You know, you 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 look you're looking around everything you do, and you're 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 watching how do you how do you, how do you, you do it very well, and and you you can't leave it. You know. Interestingly, everything is a project in life. You know, I, that's how I take everything. You know, I take everything as a project. And, you know, so you, I go through the whole paradigm of, I'm a project management professional. So PMI, you know, so the various uh, elements of, you know, um, project management comes into play and you make sure that you go through that to ensure that you can execute that project well. You know, some some people would say that not everything would close like a project. But the interesting thing about it is that you can break 
it into a program where you have many projects. So this one ends and the output of that goes into the other one. It could come back again if you started. But once you, you look at life, you look at various management things, management by project, you know, you, it helps you to finish this, go to the next, take the learnings out of the, when you close it, take the learnings out of that to get the next thing done and make sure that constantly you know, you have your objective in mind and you're doing a variance analysis to find out, have I achieved what I have achieved? If I have achieved it, why did I achieve it? You know, how do I ensure that I can entrench that? If I failed, why did I fail? And what are the learnings that come out of that? So constantly, it, 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 it's in everything you do, even, to, uh, you know, how you love your wife. How you love your wife. Is, is, is that also a project? Well, you see, it's, that's a program, you know, because that goes on forever, you know, because of the fact that it is still death do us part. I don't know how it's going to play beyond death, but so far as we're here, it's a program that has a lot of projects in them. Wow. Loving your wife is a program yes. with subsets that are projects. Exactly. Hmm. It is 27 minutes past the hour of, uh, or to the hour of 8 o'clock. It's only on the virtual university that you can find out this, that loving your wife is a program that has many projects in it. So the birthday is a project. The mm. anniversary is a project. The wedding is a project. Mm. But as for the love, it is a lifetime program. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Let's talk about your fears as a leader. Do you have fears? You talk very confidently. You are passionate about what you do, but do you also have fears as a person? Yes. I think my greatest fear would not have been able to live a life of that is impactful. Because at the end of the day, it is not how long I stay on this earth. It is what impact I would make. My fear is what people, not the, my peers today, what they would think about me, but my fear is what people would say about me in 100 years, in a 1,000 years. Would I be remembered as part of the solution? Or would I be remembered as part of the problem? Would I be part of the Africans who helped change the paradigm, moved Africa to where we ought to be. That's, 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 that's my biggest fear. But thank God I have, uh, you know, my belief in God is such that I know he's brought me in here for a particular purpose. And by his grace, you know, he would be able to help us live an impactful life. Issues like purpose, legacy, which come through your last answer, uh, things that people do not associate with a corporate leader. The assumption is that once the numbers are good, that you're getting your profits. Listen, forget about what people think. Why are these so important to you? And does it still leave a place for things like your profits, your numbers? You see, the thing about it is that in life, you ought to live the Joseph kind of business leader. A leader who is looking beyond just the numbers. You don't want to be a Nebuchadnezzar kind of uh, leader where you are building, you know, or, you know, you're, you're, you're so focused on your ROIs, your ROAs, your profits and all of that, but forgetting the things, the principal things. And in life, it's not just your outputs that matter, but it's the impact. What is your purpose in life? And you see, that's one of a lot of the failings of a lot of projects in, especially in Africa and in our part, where all we're looking at is what the outcome is to build a school. But we're forgetting about what the impact of that school is, is going to be. You know, what is the purpose of that thing that you're doing? And what is the impact on the people for whom you are, you are providing that. So it is very important. Yes, the ROIs and stuff are very important. But you see, for you, for, for, for it to be sustainable and for it to be impactful and for it to be a legacy, it's about the, the impact it makes. It's about the purpose that's, that's behind it. You know, and that's, that's very, that's very critical. You know, because a lot of, you know, you know, the, the, the recent corporate bust that we've had. 
before the bust, the Enrons, the, you know, all of them had good ROIs, good profits and all of that. But what happened to them? You know, in the long run, it is the impact and the purpose that would make the thing sustainable. So definitely, you know, your purpose, your, your impact, it's very critical. It's not just the numbers. It goes beyond the numbers. The numbers would aid it, but you should be a bit more long-term in your thinking. Are you a Joseph or are you a Nebuchadnezzar? We'll find out when we come back <laughs> from this break. My guest for tonight on the virtual university is... I almost said professor. Maybe who knows? That's one of his ambitions. But yes. this is Ken Ashibe, the MD of Graphic Communications Group. And Ken has been sharing some thoughts with us. Let me give you a little, a little glimpse of what you've been talking about so far. And then when I come back from the break, I'll give you also what you've said about pro or anti geography in the matter of geography or and talent or location and skill. Well, so Ken has been talking about university education being a uh, universal education. He's talked about learn what you love as the foundation of your education at the tertiary level or wherever you find yourself. And he says, beyond school, keep learning. Learn from your peers, learn from your mentors, learn on the job. He's talking about application, that beyond learning, what you apply is critical. He's talking about the influence of engineering on his hands-on approach to management. His three pillars are people, integrity, and education, which we formed an acronym around, which is PI. He's spoken about everything in life being a project and being a PMI, that is a project management professional, PMP. He tends to look at everything as a project. On the lighter side, he talked about the fact that marriage is a program with several projects under it. He's also talking about the fact that the greatest fear he has is a life without impact because looking at his life, he wants to be remembered after 100 years as somebody who added value to the continent and not somebody who just lived a life. He's talking about the fact that life is more than numbers and management. A leader must look beyond the numbers and you must be a Joseph kind of leader and not a Nebuchadnezzar kind of leader. This is Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Albert Okran and my guest for tonight is Ken Ashibi. We are looking at, it's the leader's digest. We are looking at the foundational principles and the values of his life. And if you didn't hear them, there were three People, integrity, and execution. Just grab some meat pie and some hot coffee as we discuss people, integrity, and execution. Earlier on, we gave you a scripture verse for you to find on Bezalil. And Timothy Kwapon must have a certain way of searching the Bible because once again, he has won this one. Timothy by now must have a, probably a library of all our books. <laughs> There are some people who are constant winners. They just stand by and they have a way of doing it. Find out from there how they do it. But Timothy, you are a winner for today. You get yourself a copy of the book, Five Talent Mentality, and the scripture is Exodus 31. On the issue of geography versus talent, is there a link between where you live, where you are born, where you are raised, and your talent and profession? Robert Tanti writing on Facebook says, I'm with the anti-geography group because one's aspirations in life must not be limited to where you come from. It's about how you think, perceive, and believe in yourself. Emmanuel Ajemfrabwatin says, from Obuasi, I am with the anti-geography group because staying in Obuasi doesn't mean you have to be good at Galamse. Hey, hey, it's interesting. Michael Poe says, I agree with the geography promise. That's pro-geography. To be specific, mental geography. By mental geography, I mean the decisions, determinations, ideas, goals, and objectives that drive a person on or on which or which the individual choose choose to pursue are driven by location. Right. 
what are your thoughts? Emmanuel Daku says, I am for the anti-geographic group because I believe we live in a world of words. No matter where your geographical location might be, you, what you hear, you become what you hear and believe. Wherever God has placed you in life, just hear his word and you will make a difference by doing the right things. Hayford Ayurakwa says, Albert, I agree with the school of thought that geography has a strong correlation with talent. Talent is no talent unless it can be harnessed and used for the benefit of oneself and others or both. Geography stimulates and creates the atmosphere that complements or competes and makes people look beyond the average to remain in business and to remain recognized. All right, so those are, it's a split decision between geography and anti-geography. And so tonight, we've shared, um, we've, we've, we've had quite some thoughts from Ken Ashibi, but I'm going to find out what are the thoughts that others have about this. I have on the line... Dr. Bernard Utabel of the Ghana News Agency. He's the general manager. Bernard's thoughts on the All right, I lost Bernard. I'll try and raise him on the line again. I'm going to be speaking to Bernard and also to Mahama Idrisu about some of the things that Ken has shared with us. But while I get Bernard back on the line, let me tell you why public speaking is very crucial. I think I have Bernard on the line again. I'm having a problem with the line. Let me just sort it out and then I'll get back on it. So let me just hold on to that call for a minute and remind you that if you have not as yet registered your CEO or your top leadership or you are a public official or you are a pastor, you speak every Sunday to people and you have not as yet registered for our top level training in public speaking and corporate presentation, we urge you to make that investment in yourself. The date is the Wednesday the 29th and Thursday the 30th of October. It could just be the most important training you've invested in. It's 9am till 4pm each day. Dedicate these two days to sharpening your public speaking skills and you will see a radical transformation of your career. When I come back, I'm going to give you the breakdown of topics that we will treat in the subject. But Ben, good evening. Good evening, Albert. How are you, sir? I'm feeling great, and you? Oh, excellent, excellent. You're having a wonderful time on the virtual university tonight talking about people, integrity, and execution. Let me find out your preliminary thoughts about these three as, 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 as pillars. Would you say that the, the, the choice of these three pillars reflects your personal thinking? Well, absolutely, it does to a, to a much greater extent. And um, may I use the opportunity also to say good evening to Ken Ashikbe, uh, my colleague and a friend. Um, I think I listened to him and he did quite a good job with his explanation of what the importance of people really is. The... Hello? Yes, please go ahead. Yeah, you can hear me, right? Yeah, okay. I, hear I, I heard something. Sorry about this. So people is, you know, it's something that is very quite, you know, significant in the whole leadership you know, process. I mean, people would help you to execute your, 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 you know, programs and, you know, so on and so forth. But I would also add, you know, in addition to what people can do, is that aspect of inspiration. It's not just, you know, anybody. It's got to be very much inspired people. Because when you look at leadership, you've got to also look at fellowship as well. And if you are a leader that is trying to inspire people or get the, or the one with the ability to get things done, and you don't have people who have that inspired desire in order to also get, you know, innately motivated to follow your vision, then you would, you know, definitely tend to have a lot of, you know, a lot of problems. So it's the kind of right kind of people. So you get the right kind of people on the bus, the wrong kind of people off it, so that you can drive to your destination. 
Right. Bernard, would you, would, if, if you had a choice of adding on any value that, um, apart from the three that Ken mentioned, which, which would they be? I would look at inspiration. Right. I would look at inspiration. I mean, if you are very much inspired about any vision or any activity, then more or less you, you would try to put in everything that you so have in order to get it achieved. So when you are inspired, you look at two, th- you look out for two things as well, the concept and the model. So if the concept is good, if the idea is great, if you are very creative, then you become much more vision-directed. And therefore, whether the problem is good or bad, or whether the situation is good or bad, you will try as much as possible to make sure that you achieve what you really set out to do. Because, you know, along the way, it's not going to be cozy all the time. And therefore, what will get you through is getting much more inspired. You know, that kind of tenacity of purpose. And I like the other thing that was mentioned in terms of the geography aspect and so on and so forth. I very much believe in that because I don't believe in the divine right of the womb. And therefore, the next center forward of the black stars, you become the son of Azerbaijan. No, not at all. I believe that, you know, your, the mini structure, the interpretations, and the way you actually build yourself out of any given situation would actually determine how far you go in life. It's not so much about IQ anymore. It is more about output, which can really put it out in a very, very distinct way. So you definitely are anti-geography. Well, pretty much so. Pretty, pretty, right. pretty much so. I believe so much that the kind of leadership that you would have at any given point in time, uh, leadership would emerge given the situation and the circumstance at any point in time. So that Churchill at a point was deemed as what? A very, very, you know, bad leader. But the war actually made Churchill. When everyone was really down deep, Churchill was able to come out using his journalistic skills to inspire the people in order for them to achieve victory and right. was able to stop the advancement of Hitler in, in those times. So I'm quite anti-geography in this one. Right. Thank you very much, Bernardo Tabel. Let's do this again at, at another time in greater detail. Thank you very much. Have a good evening, sir. Yeah, right. So, Bernardo Tabel definitely going anti geography and also talking about situational leadership. And in, in there, I almost had a hint that the journalistic skills yeah. are what made, are what made, um, Churchill come out. So again, if I ask Bernard, I'm sure he would say that ah. journalism must be part of everybody's, everybody's education. Yes. Yes. Right. Mm. Let me bring on Muhammad. So he, he will probably talk about corporate finance mm. or, or stock, learning about stocks should be compulsory in everything. Muhammad, good evening. Good evening, Alex. Did you just hear what I said about you? That if you had a choice, you would say that everybody's education must include some learning about stocks and about, about finance and investment. Uh, Funnily, no. You know, my background, early background was business. Then the university was social science. And then I came back to finance. Right. So, like, can I have different levels that have gone up and different... Uh, and it all was driven by passion. Um, I also believe that uh, geography doesn't play a part in leadership. Right. Uh, what seriously plays part in leadership is your growing and what you have gone through by listening to elders, friends, and even people below you. Right. And your drive for success. These are things that actually brings you up. At a certain, at every level, you tell yourself that I am not going to fail. So, and if you have in your mind that I'm not going to fail, you find the solution to any complex problem that comes on your way. Right. So you, you, you will go for passion and continuous learning from all sources. Yes. Right. So, Mama, you've been talking about this continuous learning. In your own life, would you say that that has been a key factor in your personal life? Definitely, yes. Um, just like Ken started. You start something, you think that that's, that's enough. You get a, a, another point, you think that, look, 
I need to know this. You get to another point, you say, no, I need to learn this other one too. And every time you continue reading any paper that comes around you. And sometimes when you talk on radio, people think that, oh, when you just call him, you just start talking. <laughs> they don't even know that even when you are sitting in your car going home, you are reading. Right. You are reading when you come to the office. You take any business paper, any social science paper, anything about life, you read about something. And this is what actually built you to say that this is what I've gotten from these books. This is what I've gotten from these mentors. This is what I've gotten from staff, from senior management. And based on that, it tells you that don't fail. And looking at people who have done it before, you ask yourself, I must also be there. Why should I fail? Right. Mama, we, we'll definitely do this again, but I hope you have blocked some dates in your calendar for next year's Spring Ball Roshu. I'm ready for it. Right. Thank you very much, Mama Idrisu. See, um, the, the head of EDC Stock Brokers bringing us his thoughts, and he mentioned he chose to highlight passion and continuous learning from all sources. I'm going to come, come back to Ken to wrap up for us in the studio. Ken, I should be who is my guest for tonight in the fifth edition of Leaders Digest. But let me g- just give you one more point on the topics for public speaking. And so the range of topics will include building credibility, stage presence, developing your content, planning and preparation of your speech or your message, using supporting tools like PowerPoint and and, 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 and artistic tools and so on, self-confidence and mental mastery, managing your audience, sales and corporate presentation, controlling your space, and then practical coaching and mentoring sessions on the side. The number to call if you need further information, 0544-315164 or 0244-359393. I promise to give you some details about how you can become a partner of the Springboard Roadshow Foundation. Let me just tell you this, that Springboard is a national program. It ceased long ago to be a program owned by us. In fact, the creating of the foundation was to separate Springboard from Legacy and Legacy and create a platform that is jointly owned. And people like Ken, people like Mahama, people like KSM, these people own this program as theirs. They don't see us as the owners. They see themselves as collective owners of this program. And I can tell you this, beyond our corporate sponsors, we have loads of individuals who have made it their business to ensure that Springboard comes on every year. And they come to speak at our various interventions, team, preneurship, Springboard. They speak to our Springboard clubs and they also contribute financially. If you want to find out more about that, you want to call us on 024-99-99555. And request for an email to be sent to you, giving you details about how you can become a partner of the Springboard Roadshow Foundation. And your talent, your, your ideas, and your financial contribution can help transform this country. Ken, let me give you Amos's compilation of your thoughts that you have shared today. And then I'm going to come back to you to give us your closing thoughts. Time flies when you're in good company, isn't it? Yes. Right. So um, Amos, uh, or, 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 or the, the, the team has compiled these thoughts. God is the model for life, and God believes in detail. In your ideal world, engineering will be compulsory because it makes you analytical and it also makes you detail-oriented. 
it says that your three values are people, integrity, and execution, and for that matter, flawless execution. It also says that concerning people, people are those who feel the impact of what you do. So you must consider people in making management decisions. Um, integrity is important because, number five, integrity is important because nothing is left when Anna is gone. Number six, execution is important because strategy alone does not bring success. You quoted Jeff Bridges who says execution is everything. You mentioned that in number seven that university education is universal education. And what it does is provide the springboard for you to do whatever you decide to do. Number eight, you say that enjoy what you do in school or do what you enjoy in school. But when you come out of school, application is the most critical. Number nine, you say that learning should not end after school. You must learn on the job, learn from your peers, and learn from your mentors, something that Ibrahim um, Muhammad Idrisu also contributed to. Number ten, you said your greatest fear is not living an impactful life and you want to live a life that is impactful. And you, in that regard, you said... Uh, be a Joseph and not a Nebuchadnezzar because you must look beyond numbers to look at how your life leaves a legacy. The bonus point is that life is a project and we live life as a project or from one project to project or a big project with several subsets of projects. And on, on the lighter side, marriage is a program that has subsets that are several projects. Ken, wrap this up for us in a minute. Well, thank you very much. Um, I think uh, I agree with uh, Professor Dai when he says that leadership is, 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 uh, course, everything else is effect. And I think for all of us, um, leaders, especially Ghanaian leaders, uh, it's not just political leaders, we need to realize that uh, we would cause things to happen. That the paradigm sh- change in Africa would happen. It would happen. I've seen a lot of the young guys, you know, pushing the envelope. But for us who are currently in leadership position, we better be part of the solution. If we do not and we stand by, we will be part of the problem. The change would happen. But would we be remembered for being part of the change or we would be seen as some of the people who stood by and allowed, you know, were blocking change from happening, from happening. And I would also say to all leaders that our people matter. They are the reasons why we do the things that we do. And we should definitely look just beyond today's numbers. And all of us should focus on the future. And for all of us as Ghanaians, it's not by, uh, by chance that we are here. God put us here for a particular purpose. And the prince of the, the princes of the land should be made to marry the land. Mm. If we do not get Ghanaians at the height of the development that takes place, then we should keep kiss development by. We should, in as much as we should no, work nobody, nobody can build this for exactly, us. Nobody Nobody is going to build this for us. Nobody, nobody is going to come with solutions for us. In as much as we get everybody to come in to support us, we need to take the decisions that would make the difference. Let me ask you to give me one word for the next generation that is coming through. One of the focuses of this program is to raise the next generation of African leaders and executives. Let me push the wall. Give me one word, one word for them. What word would it be? Impact. 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 Why? You know, you need to, everything that you do in this world, you need to measure the impact of it. The word is impact. If you are a young person listening out there, Ken's word for you to close this very engaging discussion is the word impact. If you found the discussion very fast-paced for you or there were some details you would have liked to capture over and over again, please bookmark our website, legacyandlegacy.com.gh, because tomorrow at 8 a.m., this 
interview will be posted there and you can listen to it over and over again. Take down your notes and run with it. But if you forget anything, the word is impact. And for all of us out there, the three pillars that drive the life of Kenna should be people, integrity, and flawless execution. Until we come your way again next week with another exciting, inspirational, and thought-provoking edition of the Leaders Digest right here on Springboard, your virtual university. My name is Reverend Albert Okran, and on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, and Amos, we say God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed.